Dancing, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, writing, thinking, scheming. This is the way. It's the way that we live. It's the way that we live. And I Hi, I'm Drew. And I'm Annalisa. And I'm Reese. And this is To To Ellen Ellen Back, Generation Generation Q Edition. Yay, we're still together, but... We are still together. The mood is... Has shifted. Yeah. Dampened. (laughs) Morale is low. Morale is low. And I'm not just saying that because I took two beta blockers today. (laughs) (laughs) I... My morale would have been low anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 well. That's how I feel. I will say that sometimes the mood has been low in recording this podcast because of things going on in the world. And not that the world's great. Um, We are still in a pandemic and there's a lot of other things that are bad. But our mood is low today because of our topic of conversation. Because we watched this episode today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So um, this episode, that is episode 208, Launch Party. Um, it's directed by Haifa Al-Mansur, who I actually really, really like. I've seen two of her movies, Wajda and Mary Shelley, and I really liked both of them. She's directed a few other movies, and she also directed an episode of The Wilds. Um, I thought this episode was I liked well, The Wilds. Yeah, I thought this episode was very well directed. That was not one of my problems with it. Um, I also liked The Wilds. It was written by Melody Derlichon, who wrote on Cougar Town and Future Man, and wrote last season's episode, LA Times. Oh, I loved that one. Which one was that one? This threesome. That's the threesome. Oh, great up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I I think I think we might as well just get into it. Well, so, well, 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 well. We open at jail. Well, so one thing I <laughs> thought it just immediately was like the color of Los Angeles in the open is so different than it has ever been in the L word generation Q it's usually like pinks and blues. Mm. And this is like gray and yellow, very Steven Soderbergh's Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's how, you know, we're going into a serious episode. Yes. Um, Because as we said, yes, we're in jail. Well, we're not in jail. We're at the steps. Yeah. We're famously not in jail. Finley has emerged Mm -hmm. from her evening in jail. She did not have a nice time. No. So we start with my first of many things that I have a problem with in this episode, which is that Finley makes a drop the soap joke, which like I just thought like culturally we'd understood that like <laughs> they made one in the original series. In the original, well, yeah, <laughs> they of course made, they like, made two. Of course they made one in they the love, original series in two thousand four. But like it's just like Jesus. Like I think like prison rape jokes were just sort of like we've yeah, all collectively yeah. decided that like that's not a thing we do anymore. But surprise, nope, they're still it turns doing out it. That it is. Um, and is that like the first line? Yeah, basically, like really yeah, we're already in a bad mood. Yeah, basically, Finley's like, "Did you bring me pizza?" And then I didn't drop the soap. Don't worry. And yeah. then launches into like all of the various details, both of her night, which I found a little bit distasteful, like her retelling of it. Yeah, and then all the things that now she has to do. Yeah, and it sounds like she owes Sophie money. This whole thing I, was yeah. just a mess of details that I felt maybe this was not the time to share them or talk about them. But okay. I would have liked 
to actually have rewritten the scene that led to this. Okay. Where they're outside the car. And so I would love for that scene. Sophie realizes we're both wasted, like always, because mm-hmm. whenever they go out together, they get mm-hmm. wasted. And it's like, we need to get a lift. And Finley's like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. Drive. I, I insist on driving. I'm definitely driving. I'm the driver, you know? Right. Just like a little bit more of that. Yeah. It would take like a, two extra lines yeah. to make it hit a little harder, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because as it is sort of what we were talking about last episode, they both feel at fault, quote unquote, like, yeah. yes, Finley was the driver, but yeah. they both knew that they were both drinking. It just seems... Yeah, and it's like they should have. First of all, who when you go out, especially for them, they always get trashed. Yeah. So like right. always, and obviously they're both also. I mean, Philly's always drinking a lot, but Sophie is going through a lot of shit right now. So like she's definitely going to be wasted. So why do they even drive there in the first place? But since they did, they would have talked about that at the beginning of the night, like who's going to drive, right? Which they didn't do either. Sophie was with Finley all night, so it's not as surprised to her that Finley's had several drinks. She actually saw her, you know, like I'm not saying Sophie's at fault for this, but they both did, made that decision about the driving. You know what I mean? So I think they should go half seas on the in- impound. Well, it just but the rest of it's on it Finley. just like I just it just some like once again like I'm just constantly trying to figure out what these writers are doing, and I'm just like, okay, so if this is supposed to be like Finley's rock bottom, then. I just am like, why are we muddling that? Unless it's also, I mean, I think as the episode goes on, like it's also a wake up call for Sophie, but like, I'm not sold on it. Like it just like Sophie's journey does not feel clear to me. And what I wish for Sophie's journey is that you get the sense in this, that she is like annoyed and sort of peeved mostly at Finley's sort of just joking through it. It it seems pretty evident that she wants Finley to take it seriously, which I think is totally fair. Uh And I wish that, like you said, there's two lines that could have been added where I'd be totally on Sophie's side. And I really wanted to be because I think I feel it doesn't land because I feel like we've seen her, especially to Finley, be so empathetic and so understanding and drunk driving is bad, but this is a big deal for Finley too. And she's clearly using humor to sort of not talk about all the things that are actually going to happen and that is very annoying when you're the person on the other side of it. But there's no, there was no line that said like, hey, man, I'm trying to talk about a big night that you just had. And you keep making jokes about like your cellmate drooling on you. Can mm-hmm. we like talk? Can we yeah. chat? And that never happened. And I just like felt bummed that Sophie didn't get that chance, I think. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into this later. But I think what's hard is that I think throughout this episode, what I think the issue is and a lot of throughout this season is trying to have a lot of fun moments and a lot of dramatic moments and sometimes they are canceling each other out instead Mm -hmm. of living side by side in the sense that like this season when we've seen Sophie and Finley out together like them getting drunk together has been framed as like fun and like has been the basis of their relationship which is like doesn't feel unrealistic but it's just then all of a sudden like Sophie being like you scare I mean we'll save that for later but like it just it I don't know. So we're going to, we can move on to the next scene, which is another winner. Um, oh my God. to me. Speaking of scenes that make us want to people are even going to listen to this podcast episode? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think they watch <laughs> the same episode, but people are maybe more of apologists than we are sometimes. I don't know. I honestly could talk about that first scene for half an hour. Me too. But I, we can also. <laughs> and, more and, stuff. and let me tell you, it returns. That theme <laughs> right, comes right, back. So right. we can talk more later. Yeah. Um, 
Bet and Danny are at the CAC. And first, Bet says she doesn't give a shit about Gigi. And I was like, <laughs> as we've all been saying, yeah, because she has seen that Danny has bought a wing of the CAC. I'm going to say up front, I'm famously stupid. <laughs> I don't really think I followed all the mechanics of what was at stake in this situation. Good news. I rewatched all the relevant parts th- this morning. <laughs> Great. But I do understand that Bet is upset about this because Danny's family money is basically dirty money. Like they, right? So her father's company, they have investments, right? They have a portfolio of investments. And I guess one of their investments makes opioids. Right. Right. Um, Sorry, I guess when I met, when I said dirty money, I don't mean crime money. I mean, yeah, like it comes from. Yeah. Or she, some, yeah, some of it businesses. comes from, yeah, yeah, as opposed to every other company, which I think every, as we all know in this capitalist society, most companies famously good, famously good, famously great portfolios. Right. Like I think what mainly confused me was just like, what have been the conversations between Bet and Danny about her relationship to her father, her involvement in this company. Yeah. And like, I think I'm more just like, was like, wait, well, what's their relationship? Like if they're close, like like, have they covered this before? Like wouldn't bet be more aware of Danny's relationship with her father and her involvement in the company and be okay with that. And, or wouldn't Danny be more like, more like oh I know that this is a thing that Bet would not like or right. this is something that I should talk maybe maybe talk yeah. to Bet about it ahead of time yeah. to be like hey I want to use this money in this good way yeah. is this actually a good thing but yeah. she didn't do that she just was like surprise my last name is on and then it, and they wanted to turn it into this thing where it's like that's your father's last name and it's like it's my last name too and it's like but that's not, I, that's not no but why didn't <laughs> also, you say it's anything it's a very common last it's name it's a very <laughs> common last name that was the, I, I was just like I, I like I under I like I very much understand where Beth's coming from. I also am just very confused how we got to this conflict. It right. feels so manufactured like, and so just right. like... Like the rules of surprises. I would say <laughs> the one of the main ones is if you've ever had a conflict about the thing you're surprising someone with, you have to like check yeah. in with them first. Like it is bananas that Danny did not check in with Bet about this. But I also... It was also difficult for me because like Bet this whole season has been trying to get people to sign into her gallery owned by this racist rich guy. Right. And it's like we're all right. making compromises, right. you know? That's and like point. Danny's trying to turn... Like, I don't know. Can Danny turn around? Can Danny move their money around? Like what's happening? Like, I don't even, I don't even really understand what their stake is in this, what their not, what their complicity is. Like if they actually were were our company that was aware of all the things that like the Sacklers were aware of and just kept pouring money. You know what I mean? Like I have no idea. Right. None. Yeah. Right. I do understand, like you said, Drew, where Bet is coming from. And I wish that, I guess I don't wish because I think it's apparent, but that it also has so much to do with Kit. Right. Like you can tell that that is sure. the driving yeah, that was, thing, which later comes up with Pippa, I think. Yeah. Although again, very obliquely, I don't know. Anyway. It's just not clear from either like a detail standpoint or Danny and Beth's relationship standpoint. Like it's all just so muddled in a way. And it's, and it's so serious. Like these, <laughs> this topic is so heavy and serious and yeah. And also is about Kit, which is, it's like emotionally heavy and serious. It's politically heavy and serious. And they take the same care with it as they do like soapy cheating storyline that also doesn't make any sense. But it's like, this isn't fun. Like if it's like a soapy cheating storyline and it doesn't really make any sense, I'm like, I'm on board. Let's watch a lot of people have sex. Don't do issues. Stop it. If anyone's listening, 
<laughs> if we don't want you to do political issues, you're not good at it. So just stop it. <laughs> That's my opinion. I mean, I think like this specific show has shown themselves to not particularly be good when trying to like get serious and get political. And then going into Danny going to Gigi and being like, fuck the porter and them having sex. And it's like, I'm not enjoying this. These very hot people are having a very good sex scene and I am not enjoying this because I, you weren't enjoying the sex scene. I mean, I mean, that's bad. <laughs> like, wow. I know what I was like, so excited to watch these two people have sex. And I was like, that, I'm not going to We're still like, wait, what? I was like, no, I'm not excited to watch like the passion of this scene is being motivated by Danny. Danny being like, Mad I want to defend my, like my evil father against like black artists. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to like enjoy that sex scene. And so I'm like, this is the sort of thing where they're undercutting what they do well yeah. by doing these other things poorly. And I just, I just, I don't also, why did her name have to be on the wing? Right. Couldn't have they just, I don't know because it's a rehabilitation for right, her right. dad's name, which is the other thing I think, that actually might be interesting, but is totally lost is like how Danny, even in thinking that she's doing good is really still just doing PR for her dad's company yeah, by this yeah. thing. And later we'll talk about, she says like, well, we'll just double the endowment and they won't be able to say no. And I was like, yeah. that's also like right. kind of stressful. It doesn't yeah. feel good either. There's just, I'm not coming to the L word for this type of plot line. And I right. wish that it weren't <laughs> so integral to like, characters that I wish I were getting to know mm-hmm. personally and not like to their connect. I don't know. I, yeah. I hate to be like TV shouldn't care about social issues because this TV show, but this should. TV show maybe shouldn't. And <laughs> more so, I think maybe we should be thinking about how much we care about social issues when we write characters so that we don't do needlessly shitty and harmful things to our characters. Yeah. But I right. don't think we need our characters to be talking about, social issues and how good they're doing or how bad they're doing at those. I mean, unless you, unless you do it and you actually like are thinking about it all the time. I think what bothers me about the show is that they're like, Oh, we're going to have this conversation happen. And you're like, okay, but do you see how, do you see how having this then impacts these other things? (laughs) And they don't seem to like, I don't know. It's frustrating when it's a thing where you're like, Oh, do they realize that this like, cute moment between Sophie and Finley is like very negatively affecting Danny in this way that sort of ruins this moment. That's like, whatever I can get over that when it's like, Oh, it's that sort of problem of not thinking how things affect other things. And it then turns Danny into like this really terrible person. It's just, that can be her journey, right? Like, like she can be imperfect, but the journey of the episode was not that she goes to bed and goes like, I was realized that I was trying to do good, but I still was like doing what my like dad wanted me to do. It's her going to Gigi and being like, thanks for giving me the courage. And so it's like, it could have been a really interesting thing, right? Where Danny's like, but I did good. And then Beth's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> and then that, and that could have been like, a very interesting storyline, but they don't want that because they want Danny and Gigi to be together. They want Ben and Pippa to be together. And so then they're not actually like thinking about what they're doing politically. They're just saying politics. Right. Yeah. They're just saying words. Right. Um, one thing about the sex scene though, that I did enjoy. Um, (laughs) yeah, we could talk about that. I don't need you. So Peter Moffi deserves an Emmy (laughs) for her tongue Mm -hmm. work. Yes. Her tongue is acting. Her tongue has more compelling storylines this season than many of the core characters. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I also, justice for Gigi, one more time, (laughs) make me a t-shirt that says it because everyone 
uses having sex with Gigi. I know. Like, oh. <laughs> as like, a girl is like, what? As like a release valve for all yeah. their other emotions, which yeah. is like, also like, is she free? <laughs> You know, like they just come on. I mean, that's TV. That's TV. That's fine. But, but it's always she is Gigi is always just a reaction sitting on a sofa waiting for yeah. Bet or Danny or not an Alice or not to like storm through the door ready yeah. to have sex because yeah. something else is going on. Yeah. And I just want to say that's not a nice way to treat me. No, it isn't. And I think I'm going to, now that I've watched this episode, we're going to discuss it. I think I'm going to rewatch the sex scene later because these two actors didn't do anything wrong. Right. So yeah. I'm just going to watch, I'm just going to watch. That's art. You know, yeah. that's, that's the kind of art that I want to see at the California Art Center sponsored by some evil corp. Some, yeah, Peabody's. When Bet said, it's not over. I still have, um, I, I can call, I can call Peggy. I was like, will you? <laughs> I was like, wait, this could take a good turn. Is it going to happen? Could you please? Um, but also I can't believe that this, it's so, it's, oh, sorry. It's just dumb that it has gotten this far where their name is literally already up. Yeah, what? Okay. How do things get, <laughs> how does it get so good? And why is it right in the front of the fucking museum? It's, it's on the front door of the cat, <laughs> an institution that has been around for decades. Yeah. Like, there's no way. And secondly, it happens so quickly. Like, right. Gee, I learned something from that carpenter, which is the, the triangle. <laughs> Time, money, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. And what happened? What, what, yeah, what did we sacrifice? Know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we did it's sacrifice gonna, money because Danny has enough of it, I've learned. It's going to rub right off. You're just, <laughs> just going to be like when yeah. you get into like a little car accident and you're like, oh no, is this going to, and yeah. you rub it off and you go, and oh, like, thank yeah. God. Yeah. That's what, that's what it's good. That's her last name. It's going to rub right off. When that got mad, I wish Danny had been like, okay, hold on. And just pulled out like a little bit of Windex and scrubbed. <laughs> okay, no, it'll know. And we could have moved on from this storyline. They should have just called it the Danny wing. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, you're right. Anna, that it is like they're trying to like that's the whole thing is that they want to rehabilitate the image and blah, and Danny blah, blah. I think thinks she's doing it for good reasons yeah. but the tangible reality of it is she's not okay we have wait to- no wait I sorry I have one more thing <laughs> which is that which is that given the way that Danny thinks about Bette Porter. I do not believe that when Beck got mad at her that she wouldn't immediately have like stuck her tail between her legs and been like, oh right. my God, I'm so sorry. I was trying to, you know what I mean? Like, like that's what I thought was going to happen. I'm so confused by her reaction being like, fuck Bet Porter. It's like, but also, <laughs> Bet is pretty firmly in the right. Yes, so to have uh, yes. Danny storm off and be like, fuck her is like, what does the show want us to think? Okay. Um, well, we're still in this plot line for a little while. Yeah, yeah we are. Because Bet goes to talk to yeah that is in her office talking to pippa and in another example of people baffling saying that they are doing the thing for the right reason but ultimately harming people in the process bet is like using pippa's work in the show as a bargaining chip with cac to turn down the nunez endowment right okay if you I know that I'm talking slow because again, famously stupid. Actually, I don't think that's true. I think that I would understand this if it were more sensical. Um, And Pippa's like, well, what, you know, art museums need money from somewhere or whatever, which 
is I think a solid point. Yeah. But also like the see what I do you guys I remember the original series and it's hard to get funding. Yeah. At the CAC. I've you know what I mean? Yeah. So it doesn't seem like this is a very smart move for Bet at all. No. Like I don't think this is gonna work. And it's so shitty. Like Pippa cried, almost cried in her yeah. office about all of her work and how much it means to her. And Bet cried about how it means so much to her. And then she fucking went to the board and was like, I'm yeah. gonna withdraw this artist. That's so selfish right. and dumb yeah yeah and again i think <sighs> i i really think the danny and bet parallels here are so present because what i believe is that bet does really believe in the move that she has yeah. made as a chess move and in the same way that danny thinks of the move that she has made for putting the name on the gallery of like a good move it yeah. will work it will do the thing yeah. she wants it to do but it feels very in character for Bet to be like a champion of the art and the causes that she is a champion of. It feels kind of out of character after this season with her journey with Pippa and what they've talked about together that she would even put this at risk, which is yeah, sort of what Pippa right. is saying. Like, yeah. why would you do that? I think Elaine's obviously, I think, like motivated out of her feelings about Kit and right. driven yes. by that, which right. was a shitty decision that the right. show made to begin with. <laughs> And so that's why she's so passionate about it, you know, but I also think it's like, it's complicated because she just spent so long trying to convince Pippa to make compromises to sign with her uh -huh. gallery, you know, and now she's like, these two characters have been on the opposite side of this conversation. Yeah. So, and also, okay. I have a few things. <laughs> One is the two of them are dating now. Right. And while right. you shouldn't date people who you work with, one thing that does happen if you date people who you work with is things that would be work conversations become personal life conversations mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. So she's not just her artist that she's like representing. She's also like her girlfriend or maybe no labels yet, but yeah. something. And so then the question becomes like, in what context would they not have talked about it? So then the other thing that that brings me to is why would it not have been a situation of like, if this, they wanted this storyline of like, Danny wants this wing and it's complicated because of like, I just am confused why Pippa wouldn't have been on the side of like, I don't want to work with this person. That's exactly why I didn't want to like make these sacrifices. Like that would be more in line with the character of Pippa who was right. introduced that like, she didn't want to work with Zakarian and now she wouldn't want to work with Danny's dad or like take or be like represent, you know, whatever yeah. connected with Danny's dad. Again, like it's, there are these like deeper issues that bother me. And then there's just the like character motivation stuff where I'm like some of these things in other characters voices would actually make more sense and would work more. And I'm just confused why that like I, and again, it feels like, Oh, well we needed Ben and Pippa to be in a fight. We needed that to be the, a conflict right. as well. And it's like, I, mean, you don't, I do yeah. think that they kind of redeem, like one of the only things that happens in this episode that kind of makes sense is it does seem like that is uh she fucked up. Like yes, she did absolutely. do something out of care. And yeah. And there's like a, a acknowledgement of it, growth out of it and yeah. talking, yeah. communicating about it. Absolutely. Um, but before that we do find out that bet has lost Pippa the show. She takes a call outside of her office. Mm -hmm. Like clearly this yeah. did not go well. And then we get, Jennifer Beals yelling fuck in her office, which is right. always to me very pleasing. I think we should have followed Pippa at that point, you know, yeah. <laughs> honestly, like that's, yeah, I wish we had seen Pippa's reaction and yeah. what was going on there. But again, a moment most pleasing to me is when <laughs> Jennifer Beals is yelling curse words in this show. I, I also did enjoy that. She brought up provocations. And I think like with her relationship with Pippa, 
I think there's like some really interesting things that the show could be exploring mm-hmm. and is maybe trying to explore and maybe will explore or is exploring. I just don't trust them. Like, I think that's something that I've been thinking about a lot is just like, oh, there are like really interesting things that could be happening. And usually when I'm watching a TV show, if I'm like in the middle of the season, I will feel a level of like, let's see where this is going. Cause I think that sometimes viewers get like mad at characters or get mad at where storylines are going. And it's like, no, 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 this is, it's serialized storytelling. We're getting there. Like this character's on a journey. This character is getting to a certain place and they could land the plane. Yeah. And maybe I will be like, I, we said that last time and we talked about flight, then now we're going to have to do it again. But, or we don't, I can, I'm going to use a different metaphor. They definitely, um, they turned the plane upside down this time, but yeah. it didn't land. Um, it has, but, it but, still hasn't landed. Well, so it's just a question of like, I'm realizing that for myself after, you know, two seasons into the show, like I just don't really trust them. So when something feels complicated or bad, I'm not like, oh, well, let's let's see where this goes. I'm like, why are they having that character do that? Why is this what the storyline is? And I'd love to be proven wrong, but it's not going to happen in this episode. One other thing, though, about bringing up provocations that I just remembered is famously, it was hard to get provocations (laughs) at CAC. Mm -hmm. She's like. CAC, my beloved CAC. Wasn't she where, fired from CAC? Yeah. Where provocations like yeah, what, was. That's later when she talks to him, right? I thought it was when she was with Pippa. She's like, this is the gallery that yeah. like, oh, really? shows provocations. Yeah. Like oh. They will obviously. Yeah. And I was like. I'm like, they only showed it because you shoved it down their throats. No one wanted it but you. They yeah. wanted impressionists in winter. Yeah. They really wanted impressionists <laughs> in winter. And like, again, good on Bet for getting provocations through and continuing to talk about it. Great career win. But I was like. Do you remember that it was really tough to get provocations yeah. there? Like this might, yeah. this, this like gambit of gambling, this gambit of gambling. Um, exactly. HIPAA's chances mm-hmm. on the endowment. Okay. okay. Let's get into the last storyline that is. Yeah. Moving on, moving on to the storyline that there was a period of time where I was watching this episode and I went, this episode is frustrating to me, but this is one of two storylines I'm really liking. And then they ruined it. Anyways, not that yet. So, <laughs> It's Isis King, who I love, who's such a talented actor. And um, well, first, okay, so Micah basically like bursts in this person's office and is like mad because a doctor at the center like recommended that one of Micah's clients go on puberty blockers. And Micah is mad because Micah's like, his parents aren't going to sign off on this and you're giving him false hope. And, and he's like very mad. And he like is like, just like starts, like bursts into the office. So um, comes in very yeah. hot. But the doctor is played by Ice King, who is just phenomenal, was so good in When They See Us, and is just yeah. a great actor. She's the first trans model in America's Next Top Model. Oh, I didn't know that. Maybe they, in my head canon, they cast her, and then Micah and Isis got in the room together, and they were, like, <laughs> yeah. fun and, like, had, yeah. you know, like, and they were like, oh, let's do something with this instead of just... yeah. A fight about a client, which I think is probably well, what it, I really what so it like, started as. Because she like says like Micah, with as much professionalism as I can muster, which is considerably more than you managed to gather before barging into my office, I want to remind you that I am a doctor with a medical degree. I always have my patient's best interests at heart. I don't disagree with you. I honestly you wouldn't care if you did. I immediately loved her and was like, I want to watch a show all about you. <laughs> um, but so that's well, that's where that scene ends. We'll we'll return to that. Um, but for now, we're going to Alice's book launch. All righty. Alice's book is coming out in an underground bunker <laughs> and everybody's there. Um, 
in a land with no time. It is only Alice's book. And uh, we learned the following. Nobody at the CAC will talk to Beth. Surprise. No one at the CAC one talked about when she works there. <laughs> um, Tess and Shane, um, they're dating, but Tess is in Vegas. And Alice says that Shane loves Tess from yeah. the moment she met her, which is a little bit of rewriting history, but I love it. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm on board. That's Shane. Shane and that Tess, I'm, I'm, I love this. Yeah. That she apparently has loved Tess from the moment she saw her, which, okay. Uh, <laughs> Alice hasn't talked to Tom about Nat. She doesn't yes. want to. What? <laughs> Sorry, should I start complaining about this already? Why would you do it right now? It's your fucking book launch Makes no party. Sense. Makes, Makes no sense. Like, when she's like, should I tell? Like the obvious answer is, yeah, later. Yeah, when he has a hotel room to go have a conversation yeah. in. Like yeah. you could yeah. have just been like, yes, I will stay the night after this party, but we do yeah. have something to talk about. Nope. Yeah. Okay. I do relate. To Alice in many ways, as I've said, I think on the very podcast, but I do relate to being like, I have something big to talk about and it has to happen before a certain time. And so then you put it off and put it off and put it off. And then you have about 30 seconds to yeah. like, I used to have this. That's why I just don't say it. I used to have like conversations like this with my parents when we were in the car driving somewhere because they were trapped. But then I would only do it when we were about to pull up to the next yeah. thing. <laughs> like that's what Alice feels like she's doing, but yeah. it is nonsensical i have mostly grown out of it yeah i'm a grown-up right finley and sophie show up finley and tom have a incredible when did they handshake well probably in a scene that we didn't see i love that for them yeah i love this for that i thought you would like um, it because i remembered you saying you wanted them to spend more yeah. time together and Someone, finley's making jokes about jail yeah so finley finley says like i've met a lot of people in my life but jail people are way different and is also like bad night great story i hate it i hate it so much i just <laughs> i i i i i just like what <sighs> i'm aware that the writers of the l word have different politics than i do um i just I'm confused how some of these things like it just feel it's just so callous and so like I don't know just like jokes that feel like they'd be made 10 years ago and they wouldn't have been good 10 years ago either but I just thought that like culturally we moved forward in mm -hmm. our understanding of jails and prisons and um it's not that Finley necessarily like like I guess it makes sense for Finley I but I also am like okay, I, I don't like yeah, you. But if, but you know, a joke that would also make sense for Finley that reminds everyone that she was in jail is if she was talking about like pooping into a metal can. Like right, that is totally. also really on brand for her. Yeah. Totally. Does not involve any of the other people that she was yeah. with, any of the yeah. other people who might be going through something in their life who are imprisoned yeah. in like an unjust system. You know, like totally. we don't need to get yeah super deep into it, but I just, there are different ways to write that to make it the same kind of thing which is actually on as character. a person of drinking experience <laughs> as a person of now sober experience i should say um the like jokes about a really bad night actually feel very realistic to me yeah and for sure sort of like <laughs> tess is like no she hasn't broken a bone or broken a dish like yeah. ha ha that yeah. kind of thing is like when you're in at least in my experience i should say like sort of active alcoholism <laughs> there is like a desire to do that because it's like i have everything under control it's yeah. just a silly goofy thing that happened ha ha mm -hmm. yeah and so that all felt really real but then the other stuff felt really like mean at the expense of other people mm -hmm. who don't have anything to do with this just happened to be in the jail the same night as finley and it just felt unnecessary yeah. again because it could be like 
I puked my guts out on the floor of a cell. Isn't that so embarrassing? Right. Yeah, exactly. Or like had to sleep in my clothes on a metal bench. Like that sucks, you know, but there are just so many other on brand jokes. Yeah. Which drew like you just sometimes they put stuff right next to each other where I'm like, that actually is really enlightening about Mm -hmm. Finley's character that she would say, haha, a Dewey or like, yeah, horrible night. Great story. Am I right? That stuff. I was like, great character building. And then she's like, but jail people, blah, 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 blah. And I, yeah. then you lose the whole moment. And the L word audience is going to like Finley. Like, obviously some people don't like Finley, but for the most part, like your average L word viewer, like Finley is made in like a laboratory for the lesbian community at large to love her. Like the, that is the person who like just has like the easiest time skating through. I mean, like there are things we know about Finley and Finley's life. And obviously Finley has like, you know, issues and has trauma, et cetera, et cetera. But like, but people but like hold people, Finley the way that Danny said last yes. episode. Is yeah. What you mean. So like when Finley makes a joke, I think there are a lot of people out there who are like on board and it doesn't mean that she can't be flawed. But again, you just illustrated how that could be done. Not at other people's expense. Okay. Um, then we go back to Gigi's and Danny has a phone call because now everyone's in crisis. Um, because of because Bet didn't like the surprise <laughs> because Bet hated her surprise and Gigi is like which again bad surprise it's Danny's fault that Bet didn't like the surprise yeah and Gigi is like it's not working for me I okay <laughs> like I understand, Danny had to go to work yeah <laughs> I understand the thing that's happening here and they talk about it later and good they're all communicating again as a person I'm gonna keep saying this but like as a person of human experience as a person of human experience but also as a person of very demanding job experience sometimes and this is a little bit of a character flaw as it is here in Danny too hate when people are like but what if you just set a boundary this time yes but do you always jump for your boss yeah like yeah, I do because I work at my job and I know the level right. of demanding that my job is. And I'm really sorry that it's impeding on what you think I should be doing. Yeah. And I, I agree with Gigi later. Danny is not kind to Gigi and that yeah. is something to discuss. But what is not really yeah. something to that's fun to discuss, especially if you're a person who like Danny and like me, don't tell anyone. And like me. Me too. Doesn't always love how demanding your job is. Like no yeah. one is like, yeah, fuck right. yeah. I lose days of my life to this, and like, yeah. can't have a real life. Yes, like, if, if this phone call had come in the middle of sex, I still would have had to answer like, it. Like, yes, this is my terrible life. Danny has thought about that. Yeah, I promise. And Danny right. is a grown up and has come to the conclusion: if this phone call came during sex, I would have to take it. And I'm sorry, but that's just the matter of it. And when people it's do that little day, also, yeah, when people do that little <laughs> cloying. Voice I hate and it. like touchy of like, what if you just like, oh, but isn't it like, yeah, no, I have to work. I'm yeah. so, I'm sorry. I also don't love it. Yeah. What, what this episode eventually wants us to get at is that in this moment, Gigi is suggesting boundaries with Danny's father in a way that's really positive. What this scene communicates <laughs> is that Gigi is not respectful to Danny's work and her like desire to work and and she's always that's a big part of her personality is that she like is that like work is important to her regardless of what her work is so this scene does not accomplish what it's supposed to be accomplishing in the arc of this episode right and it ultimately yeah i'm like oh god like it's always just like the first time that i haven't wanted to date Gigi. it's just like (laughs) yeah babe i would ignore this call from my boss if i could that's just simply Right. Not that's the reality. thing. It's, it's like 
you yeah. think I'm having like, fun? Oh, you know, yeah. Like people will be like, the internet can wait. Or, and I'm like, actually, it really can't. <laughs> Unfortunately, it moves pretty fast. And, and like, <laughs> she just could have instead like had framed it, not from a place of you shouldn't work, but from a place of like, your dad is doing the thing that you've told me your dad does. Sure. Yeah. And, and, but now it's not the time for her to do that. Right? No, but I'm just saying that that would have accomplished more of what they're going for than her just yeah. being like, what if you just like didn't work right now? And right. It's like, what? No. Ah, uh, uh. Okay. Um, so going back to Micah, Micah like runs after Claudia to apologize to her and, um, ends up asking her out on a date. Yeah. So his, jawline asks her out on a date. I'm sorry. Let's just take one second. There's a lot of stuff going on in this episode. And I think we should acknowledge the little treats for us, yes. the viewers yes. that exist. And one of them is Micah's jawline in this scene. Yeah. I Continue, love Drew. I, like, so he's, he basically is like, look, I need to apologize for, for lashing out at you. Um, yeah, you really came in hot. I know. I know. It's just, you know, with Joaquin, it's, you care. Me too. But, but also, I was Joaquin. I had a well-meaning pediatrician who said I could start blockers and a mom who disagreed. I fell into a really deep depression after that. It took me 30 years to screw up the courage and go to a doctor and ask for HRT. I wish more than anything I would have started sooner. Uh, yeah, I don't know how old she's supposed to be. I guess, but I I was like, is she thirty? Like, yeah, what, or like, yeah, I mean, my, is she like, did she transition at thirty? Like, how old is she? It felt like I wasted thirty years of my life total, which is like just. But life. I still would like to say that maybe. I mean, as I've said, I love Isis King. I'm so glad she's in this. But also, like, it reminds me a little bit of like Unposed whenever they're talking about how like clocky MJ is, and I'm like okay, that's a bit of a stretch. Like, what if, like, any show ever cast someone who was trans and, like, looked, like, a little bit gender nonconforming? Like, what what would happen? Um, but, yeah, so I don't know when she was supposed to have transitioned, but I don't, I don't even know. But I, I did enjoy the flirting, and so at this point, in this moment, <laughs> I was just really enjoying this. And she, like, <laughs> she, like, asks if he can cook, and and then he's like, yeah, sort of, and she's like, what's your address? And then she's like, cute, I'll be over later. I mean, like, it's crazy how quickly this happens with, like, a, they work together. Like, it is so not, like, it's a no, but <laughs> it's the kind of no that on the L word, I'm like, I can live with this. No, this, these hot people are flirting. These hot trans people are flirting. I was like, I am so excited about this. Oh, Finally. I'm so sorry. So oh. excited. Yeah. As a person of dating in Los Angeles experience, <laughs> I'm going to say now I've done it so many times that I have to make it a bit for this episode. <laughs> Great, I'm sorry. To everyone. Um, I've never in my experience scheduled a date day. Uh, like that is I've never scheduled anything day of besides <laughs> recording this podcast, uh, <laughs> which happened today. I've had. Uh, well, I've never scheduled a date. I, I guess I scheduled like a hook. I, I was <laughs> going to say, I've definitely texted someone, been like, what are you doing later tonight? Let's yeah. roll around. Right. For sure. Right. But like, uh, no, we're going to go yeah. on a first date and no, we no. talked today yeah, and no, now that's, we're that's tonight. Um, it's also friends time for us, for me, to discuss. The songs? The music choices. Oh, thank God. Yeah. In this, well, in this here series. I don't think one single song cue has made sense since 
driver's license. <laughs> have you considered? I know that's what they peaked. And then from there, it's have been. Have you considered? There's an in-house band. It is. Yeah. It's like a Greek chorus of sorts. It literally is. And that it's a choice. It's an artistic choice. Okay. That's fine. I disagree with <laughs> it. I would like to say it. that. Yeah. I do not like this artistic choice. Um, There were some really big ones in this episode. Yeah. So Micah is going to go on a date with this hot doctor and the song says you the man over yeah. and over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, there's one later that also I was just like, yeah, there's oh. one during a sex scene that I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. And I, then the I, one I with Sophie searching. and Finley at the end, it's just, I keep searching the songs and a lot of them don't come up on Shazam. Mm. So I genuinely think we're in a situation like we were in the original L word. I think with, they have in house with who, fucking, who was fucking, it? Fucking, Easy girl. Fucking. Easy girl. <laughs> Yeah, Shane, doing Shane, Shane, Carmen, 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 Carmen. Carmen. <laughs> um, okay, so then we go to the legal department, I guess, which is in a stately building. Dad's out of jail. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he's mad at Danny for trying to do something good. He's trying to blame it on her, and she's like, no, this is on you, which is true. He's the one who, like, she's has to, like, clean up his whatever. Right. Um, and Bet is described as formidable at best and destructive at worst. It's like, all right. Which- I do like that Bet has all these fancy lawyers scared. Yes. That's yeah. That's fun. Um, I don't like that all these fancy lawyers are worried that the thing that happened to the Sacklers is going to happen to them. Like, that's how you know. Well, yeah. Okay. What, what this has done, I mean, like, this is like the Bet that I love. Like, this is Bet, like, it, what it's it's doing is making me not care about Danny anymore and not care about Danny and Gigi. But, like, the idea of Bet being up against Danny's dad and these, like, evil lawyer people, I'm like, yes, let's let's see that. I, like, want to see her destroy them. So, you know. Again, we jump through a time loop. And, and we're, we're back at the book party. Back at the launch party. And Alice has decided to pick the worst moment <laughs> of all time for some goddamn reason. Because Tom gives her a book and she signs a copy of his book and she and he gives her a key to his hotel room mm-hmm. because uh-huh. he likes his beds king-sized, like his candy bars. Um, and then she's like, oh, I have to tell you that I hooked up with Nat. But here's the thing, like how their relationship is serious enough that her hooking up with Nat would be a problem, but not serious enough that they literally haven't spoken in over a week. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. They if, established nothing. If, if like, the what has been established on screen makes it so this is, like, Tom sucks. Like, this sucks. And it's, like, I don't understand how... I didn't feel like he sucked. I just felt like this didn't make sense. Like, I was just confused. No, because it's, like, it's like masculine bullshit of being, like, controlling before you have any right to even be controlling. Oh, I didn't see it like that at all. I didn't think that. I thought Alice thought she did something wrong. Yeah, I thought so too. But she didn't. But she thinks she did. Right. Like to us, no, we've seen them have sex one time, but I just in the world of the show, she seems like... Okay, so I took the side of like, Alice knows that this guy might have an issue and he does have an issue and so then she's very apologetic but that like... Oh, I thought that she was genuinely like, I've done a bad thing. It reminded me of... There's like a whole storyline in Ted Lasso where like they just start hooking up and then the character hooks up with her ex and Mm -hmm. then the whole point of that episode is like he has to get over his shit and realize that like they had nothing established and like whatever. So like I was like I was thinking about that and I was like why does Ted Lasso have better gender politics than the L word? (laughs) That might stand but I don't think in this storyline that's what was happening. Like I I think she felt yeah she felt like she did something bad but she she didn't. Right but in the world of the show I mean we don't know why but for some reason it is. Right like (laughs) if I said to you Drew a girl I've been dating for two weeks now I've hooked up with my ex I feel really bad you'd be like you didn't do anything wrong but if that if I feel like I did something bad and that girl feels like I did something bad then you're both wrong. Something bad know. has happened. <laughs> I, don't, I don't agree. 
Anyway, she does it right before he has to introduce her. And yeah. he's like pretty upset. He's struggling to yeah. adjust to his new reality. I think we all know who Alice is. Or at least who she wants us to think she is. She's honest. She's caring. Wickedly funny. But there's another side to Alice, a side that's emotional and empathetic. I mean, she can't watch an episode of Dr. Pimple Popper without crying, and who can blame her? I just thought this was stupid. Yeah, it's so stupid. I, it didn't make sense. He gets really close to giving yeah. A nice. <laughs> yes, like every really, every line, they're like, yeah. "Is he gonna go off?" And yeah. he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. Very much. He, a, I think he's a stand-up guy. I do too. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's just very poorly written. Yeah, and I really didn't understand why they wrote it like that either. Like, why not have? Like, it was sort of like the thing with like make the Finley Sophie thing a little bit more clear. Like, right. it would have taken like two lines, right, to make it a genuine conflict or yeah. to make it like. Or like Alice to be like, yeah, we've been talking every night, but I've left this out of the story. Or right. like, we haven't talked all week, so it shouldn't be a big deal. Right. Like, or Alice saying to Tom, like, I know we haven't had this conversation, but I've been feeling really right. guilty. Can we discuss yeah. blah, blah, blah? Yeah. But um, instead she presents it like she cheated on him. Yeah. And yeah. then he rolls with it. And he reacts in the way that she presents it, which That's I agree, true. Drew, is outsized. But, That's true. But he reacts in the way that she presents it, which is, again, not really how you would do that. You'd be like it's really early with this yeah. and I'm yeah. coming off this other yeah. thing. And it's, she sort of says it's complicated, but it right. falls sort of. No, Alice high. definitely does not frame it correctly. Right. Um, but then she reads part of the Dana chapter. No. He gives her a, a brisk no, handshake. The, the only thing is that like, I like it, like in the middle of all this happening, like Finley gets cocktails for herself and Sophie. Right. Oh, and Tess can't come to the event. Yeah. She's in Vegas. Yeah. That will be important later, I guess. Um, yeah. So Alice reads from the Dana chapter. After it, when when they're like, you painted Dana so perfectly, she didn't say anything didn't about say Dana. Anything about Dana? <laughs> Not one thing about Dana's personality she didn't say in that reading. Their their story together. She went straight from engagement party, love confession to deathbed. Yeah, literally to deathbed. I I, I mean, it's a show. Like I did get emotional, but this yeah, is a I did terrible too, personal essay. <laughs> but this is a terrible <laughs> yeah. essay. Yeah, I essay. cried, but I hated myself yeah. against yeah. my will. Yeah. yeah, every tear I've shed in this show has been against my will. <laughs> yeah, you and really capture on. her spirit. No, you did it. You said nothing about her besides that her favorite song was You Are My Sunshine because also, no, it wasn't. It, no, that's, that's not exactly that's, true. That's, um, but what this <gasps> chapter, what this chapter serves to do as many things in this show serve to do is get three people to realize they all need to go talk to yep. the person they are actually in love with. Yep. So Shane is like, I have to go talk to Tess, don't I? And everyone's like, duh. And then Beth's like, I have to go call Pippa for the 1000th time. And I was like, maybe don't. And then Alice is like, I got to go find Tom. Yes. And then, <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> in a confounding turn of events, Finley, who very recently brought two drinks for her, for her and Sophie, Sophie to drink that they sat next to each other drinking. Sophie asks, are you drinking? Yeah. Yeah. Like what is, who wrote this? Like what? Uh, Melody. Uh. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't, it confounds. I was I, like, was that supposed to be water? But also, obviously it's just a thing of like, nobody's actually talking about the thing that happened really. And again, race, you're right. That's really hard. But like, maybe they would have had a conversation in the car before they came of like, 
hey, are you good? Maybe we should just not, maybe we should yeah, both not well, drink yeah, tonight. We had a rough time. Yeah, because it seems like Sophie's decided not to drink for a while. Yes. Right? You know, and like, it seems like Finley would really benefit from doing that you know as what well. what would have been so easy is that if Finley, when Finley, I'd like to know after Alice is done speaking, Finley says, that was sad. Um, what <laughs> if, know what else is sad? Do you know what she could have said is, that was sad. I need a drink. And then Sophie could have said, hey, what if we don't drink tonight? And right. Finley could be like, no you know and then or some, or yeah. some conversation right. about yeah and, and then also that's another way because it's like we're there's obviously a distinction between sophie's drinking and finley's drinking yes you know and like sophie's like a binge drinker which is its own thing but like i don't i don't know what to say they're not doing a good job no. like there's ways that they could show and i think like that kind of thing would be perfect like yeah. her being like i like this is sad i need a drink like that would be like a good way to sort of start a conversation. A conversation. And also to find out like how Sophie feels about her drinking. Right, how right. Finley like Finley's last relationship ended because of her drinking. Right. Right. And again, there's stuff in here that I do think actually is realistic. Mm-hmm. But all the entry points into the conversation are not. And right. so then the and things they so they're easily saying, could have been. Yes, exactly. And so the things they're saying don't seem like they make sense. And Honestly, frankly, if I were Finley and Sophie said the things that Sophie says to me in this episode, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? dude?" Yeah. like, and vice versa. Like if I were Sophie and I was with someone with Finley, like you'd be like, hey, a lot of stuff is going on. Like, are we good? Like, yeah, they both don't talk in the way that you feel like a normal human person would. Right. Talk. And again, that's totally down, I think, to a script level and what the ideas are. It's yeah. not about really even the characters anymore right. it's like yeah this makes sense to me i feel I mean, lost no that's what i feel about the whole episode trying I her hardest to yeah. tell a story with just her face and no lines the eyeball acting she's <laughs> is doing rushing yeah. like, i like i really like all the actors and i really like all the i mean this is how i felt about the original l word where i'd be like oh i love these characters and then sometimes people would be like yeah but alice did this thing that was really transphobic and i was like oh when i say i love these characters i don't take all of the episodes as canon. Like, like you have to, I love this character when I love them, but all of the characters on the L word in the original series and now in this series, like there's constant stuff that's just wildly out of character. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, how many lines do they even have with each other? This right. four? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Okay. Like, so, but we have to, okay. So, um, <sighs> so then going, okay. So Mike and Claudia are like, Mike is cooking dinner. They're flirting. And, they're flirting and they like bond over work stuff. We learned that Micah's a Virgo, which is a fun little <laughs> Surprising, thing. Surprising, but okay, we've learned it. Yeah. Um, and I also, okay, so then the fire alarm starts going off. Why didn't they just take it apart? Okay. Why didn't they open the door okay. or yes. the window? Yes. yes, but there's a massive door <laughs> next it makes to you. <laughs> makes no sense. It makes zero sense. But, 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 but one thing that I want to say is that I absolutely loved the T4T energy of the woman being the one who was like, I'm taller. I can reach the, I can reach the viral. Like, I loved that detail. I did think that detail and then, was fun. But I was like, open the door. There's a door right I there. was like, as Take I did to my smoke alarm. Remove it from the that's, wall. That's a felony. So it is. dangerous. Yeah. A felony? You could burn to death. <laughs> I think it says on it like it's a felony. Or maybe it's not like I, I don't know if it's a felony, but I don't know if you should I say don't that. Think it's publicly. a felony. Isn't smoking on an airplane a felony? <laughs> I don't know. I don't <laughs> Um, okay. So but then then they don't kiss, which is that's the part of this that I did not understand. I was like, kiss? Why aren't you kissing yet? They Your did, faces are so close to each other. They did the Shane and Tess yeah. special, which is stand really close and breathe each other's air, but not yeah. kiss. Um Okay, so then back at the CAC, 
Bet is like negotiating with the guy in charge. She's yeah. come to be like, you guys called my bluff and I thought you were going to mm-hmm. counter offer me. And she seems here. This is like you. It does feel like maybe this is the culmination of a lot of the stuff that's been happening with her this whole yes. season where she's like, I made a mistake. That is something you will rarely hear me say, but Pippa Pascal, her work means everything to me. Do you understand? Everything. What would you do if you were in my position? I would throw me under the bus. I am perfectly prepared to be publicly humiliated, but don't punish her. And don't punish the people who need to see her work. And Pippa, Pippa is, is, is creeping there and, and can hear her. And yeah. here's that say, like, genuinely very nice and yeah. meaningful things about what she'll do for Pippa. Like, yeah. she says that Pippa's work means everything and she'll do anything if the CAC will. Yeah you know, forgive her for this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is definitely was the moment that was like, Oh, okay. I think I see what Mm. they're going for. And I'm excited. (laughs) Hopefully for this to be where it's going. Right. And again, my trust in writers isn't super strong, but this scene was good. Yeah. Yeah. So, and this is, is this one also, she says that like, she realizes that like her, legacy is a one of revenge yes. and stuff yeah, yeah that says, was good that, was, really that good. was good and then her and pippa hug and yeah. it's nice she kind of like folds into pippa yeah, which is not really, her style yeah it's really and i nice. thought that was really nice too yeah and i think it's nice to see her finally get the opportunity to say that yeah. and like that that's what has been happening yeah to see that feels cathartic in a good way and and i like that it's like with pippa again we've talked about how that like has not been able to date in a long-term way another black woman or mm-hmm. like the way she talks about how, what Pippa's art means to her because she hasn't done that in her own life and that this might be like a good solid step for both of them is very, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I just thought I that was really nice. But I do want to say all of their dialogue, very abstracted. I wish <laughs> they were speaking in like real concrete details, sort of details about feelings, but instead they're sort of, yeah, it's very broad. I mean, they're artists, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> speaking of reconciliations, you can tell that we didn't adore this episode because that's the first speaking of. <laughs> oh my God, at, you're right. Um, speaking of communication, speaking of communication, two women are about to try it. <laughs> they're they're going to try. Danny has come to Gigi's with Chinese food to sort of make up for the morning and they yeah. bond about their dads. their dads and how they got in the way of former relationships and I just one aside about this is my dad always wanted was what was best for me is a weird way to say Danny's dad was really classist about Sophie like (laughs) right okay but I did like the line again as a person of demanding job experience (laughs) um Danny's line that was like I was really embarrassed that you saw how he treats me or Mm -hmm. something like that which Mm -hmm. is I think often with my very long hours and stuff like I don't mind doing the demanding work myself. I yeah. can keep it going. It's when a loved one is like, wait, let's go. And you have to see that I'm yeah. submissive to this thing. Yeah. Like, that yeah. is when it starts to become stressful. Yeah. And that's why then the reaction of, but babe, what if you just put yeah. boundaries yeah. in place is more off-putting to me because <laughs> it feels humiliating. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we learned that Bet backed off. So Danny's like, I won. Which again, I thought the whole thing was that Danny had like her morals had changed and she left her dad behind. And like, I'm just, I'm like, what? Okay. So I mean, she has to run the company, right? I mean, yeah, but no, then- like she actually doesn't. Like she, yes, she is, is officially the CEO, 
because of whatever she signed that document. No sense. But she does not have to run the company well. Like she does not have to do things that are morally objectionable. You think Danny's going to lead the class revolution? <laughs> no, but, but there's a difference between like leading the class revolution and being like, oh, I defeated Bette Porter and the, all these black artists. Like, right. Yeah, what I was going to say is that I didn't love that it, again, pinned in Bet as the adversary in this episode, as though Bet's point was not a good one. I mean, who knows what the next episode will do. And maybe Danny will like, they'll have a, you know, cause she's like, I'm going to give Bet a few days to cool off. And it's like, I really hope that that is words coming out of Danny's mouth, but the show knows that that's not what's <laughs> going to happen. And and in the future episode, actually what will happen is Danny they realizes hit, she's wrong. They hint at it at the end. What's going to happen, I think. What? Don't they? Yes, they do. But I'm, but I mean, they don't hint at whether Danny is like, is like Danny going to be on team bet and Pippa or with her dad. Yeah. Um, okay. So, but the, so like then I don't know, like Gigi, when Gigi was like, I sure do like you. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God, I love that so much. <laughs> I wish that was in any other episode or any other, whatever. Like there's, uh, ah, okay. Speaking of, uh, uh, um, I'm just going to read my, I'm just going to read my notes okay. for the scene, but not the last one. Cause it's actually a thing to get into, but my notes in the beginning are Mike and Claudia. Ugh, dude. No. Ugh. Why? <laughs> and so basically what happens is Micah and Claudia kiss. And then Micah's like, Oh my God, I can't do this because I'm in love with someone else. <laughs> like, What's wrong with you? Like, what? Who, what? Did, Why would you say it to someone? Why? Like, did he have carbon monoxide poisoning? Why is he saying this? <laughs> like, I didn't, um, I just, yeah, I, all the uh, steak fumes have gone to his head. He works with he yeah. has, who he has to see so soon. I don't even tomorrow morning. He has to see her. Okay. okay. This is the, this is the thing that really bothers me is so Micah wasn't in the last episode. Uh Okay. And this could have been two, a two episode storyline. Actually, this could have been a a several episode (laughs) storyline because if you needed drama at the night where like the drama was that Maribel like was like, you're talking to someone. Yeah. If instead it was that Micah, like, I don't know. There's just like, there could have been a whole. He could like, have been th- talking to her. Yeah, it could have been a whole. Like, three oh, I know her from work. Yeah, it could have been whatever. a whole three episode arc with Isis King and this like lovely flirtation these two have. They could have had sex. Could have had, and like, I just think it all could have been instead because they want Mike on the poster and want to be able to say that one of their leads is a trans guy, but they don't actually want to put him in every episode. We get this very rushed, very confusing I don't know. It's just, I did like, they had so much chemistry. Why would this not go on for several episodes? And like, we know where I stand as far as the Micah shipping goes. Yeah. We know where I stand, but like, why couldn't this like fling or whatever have been something that was actually substantial and actually given these two actors more time to do this. And like, fun. And Micah's Instead kind. Of, yeah. This feels so many times on this podcast. I've been like, this feels mean. Yeah. Like it, it feels unnecessary to kiss someone and then to their face be like I can't kiss you because I have feelings for someone else like it's just not yeah yeah and it's I think what's interesting also is like I notice this a lot and when I'm writing and talking about TV and stuff it's like when when we're shifting from talking about like why would the character do this to like why did the writers do this which I feel like happens on this show because like it's not like I'm like why would Micah do this because he wouldn't no exactly right exactly so I'm just like why was it written this way that's how I feel about so many of the things so many storylines right and honestly this show like for all of its faults has inspired that in me so much less than the original series yeah but this episode is just such a disaster yeah and it has such good sex scenes in Uh, it it really has good sex scenes in it um so then we go back to 
Alice and Tom storyline, which is another one where I'm like, I don't, I think Tom's like a great guy. I've loved his character. This doesn't, none of this has felt realistic to his character because I feel like what would have been more accurate is he would have been like, okay, so you want to be with that. And Alice would have to be like, no, I really do want to be with you and like yeah. prove that instead of him like getting upset and we're like, oh no, is he going to like say something bad in the speech? It's like, no, of course he wasn't ever going to say anything. Like, right. that's not yeah. his character. Anyways, Alice walks in on him as he's like taking like tiny toilet shampoos toilet and toiletries toilet and stuff <laughs> from a hotel, which is the move always. <laughs> One quick reminder that Tom is not a rich LA lesbian. <laughs> right. I do yeah. want to say someone in the comments, I think of the last poster, maybe your recap, were like, I wish that there was episodes where Carrie and Tom got to bond about like, not oh, being yeah. LA, like being like the weirdos on the outside yeah. of this group. And I just feel like that would be very fun for both of them. I agree. I think that'd be really nice. It's, you, know, you need to have a buddy, you yeah. know, when you're the outsider, you need to have a buddy. Yeah. yeah. It's Tom is close to having Finley as a buddy, but now they've spun Finley off in yeah. a whole different direction. But so like Alice apologizes and they work it out and it's nice. I'm glad they're back together. Cause I was, that's what I wanted, but yeah. I just, and I, now they're a fish. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of people who are going to become a fish, I mean, the next handful of scenes is really just people getting getting a fish back to back to back. Yeah. Right. So Marbell comes over and Micah's like, I've watched Love and Basketball I don't know, six times since I last saw you. And oh, I, I think we're as good as them. No, we're not. Nobody is. <laughs> and then... <laughs> this was wild. He, Are these quotes from Love and Basketball? Okay, eventually. But yeah, okay. first he says... Marbell, I love you. And I know you love me too. Would you bet on it? I would bet my whole heart. Wild. I thought that was a quote from Love and Basketball. I mean, I'm sure in Love and Basketball, <laughs> they say, I love you. I mean, the part that is a quote is that when it's like, there's a, there's a scene in Love and Basketball, if you haven't seen Love and Basketball, you really should see Love and Basketball, which is like, they're like, playing one-on-one -on -one and they're like I'll play you what one game one-on-one -on -one. <laughs> for what your heart that is a reference but the I love you is just him saying I love you. he's like I love you I know you love me too okay. that wasn't a quote no that is Micah that's <laughs> I don't think it's a quote, but it would be bananas even if it was a quote. I really don't think it's a quote. I, I feel like... Okay. What? As, but also, but you're right. Even if it is a quote, it's still... It's wild. And also, yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty common phrase. Yeah. I love you. Um, <laughs> I love you is really a quote. I was like... I love you. Uh, and how forward, that. like, Micah... Yeah. <laughs> my notes say, I love you. Skipped some steps there, my guy. But as... Oh, yeah. My, my notes say, they love each other? <laughs> question mark. As a person of watching Grey's Anatomy experience... <laughs> right. Those bitches say we're in love, like I'm in love with you because I love you because I'm yeah. in love with you. To people they barely never, know. never even <laughs> the show does that with. too. Like, they do that shit all the time. So I felt like I was primed for that, and I was just like, "This is bananas." Look, I do it in the privacy of my own brain, but I like <laughs> let's keep it. Let's keep I it feel where like it on TV, They're always doing like, "You're, are you in love with her?" You know, yes, like, right. you're like, in love like, with her. Like Tasha and Alice and Jamie when they were having like their talk right. in the final episode or whatever, and she was like, "Are you in love with Tasha?" Or like, "Are you in love with Jamie?" And I was like. How could they be? I mean, even they're not dating yet. Even Shane and Tess, this episode, Alice is like, Shane has loved Tess yeah. since the moment she laid <laughs> eyes like, on her. It's like, has she? Has she? My issue is not you that, don't know her. that like, it's about like saying I love you too soon. My issue is that they hooked up. They were friends. <laughs> they hooked up. Then they got into a fight. They didn't, didn't talk. Which I, I missed the week where they were not speaking. <laughs> then they got into a 
fight and they haven't talked for another week or some period of time. So that's more the like, I love you. Like that's where I'm confused. If it was like, oh, they spent like, you know, whatever it was. I just, it doesn't matter. Whatever they, I'm happy they're together <laughs> and that's lovely. And now they're together and whatever. Um, okay. So then going to people who are in love, Tessa's on the phone in Vegas. She's on the phone with her sponsor. <laughs> and just really quickly, I want to say that for all the not great alcoholic representation in yeah. this show, this reluctant ass call to her sponsor. I was like, yes, thank you so much. She's like, yes. She's like kind of perfunctorily. Yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Like, yes, I'm doing this. Yeah. Yes, like I went to a meeting. meeting. And yeah. then I called my sponsees. Like I was like, I know that phone call. I've been on that phone call. I will be on that phone call probably this week. Like baby, thank you. That was great. Yeah. Another great thing I think oh, yeah. was we really saw Vegas. We through, sure did through, through that window. We were like, <laughs> we're in Vegas. We were like, it's Vegas. And you know what? <laughs> when they start smooching, there's words about lights in the song, which are uh, behind them in Vegas. So yeah. Okay. So Shane arrives at the hotel and, and she's very nervous. And yeah. And she tells Tess that she wants to be her partner. Yeah, She's like, I want to be here with you. So, uh, she's like looking at her. I want to be your partner. <laughs> and that's like really scary for it. me to say. <laughs> she yeah. hates having feelings. But what's really nice. What we've learned from this episode of television is yeah. that trans women can find love <laughs> as long as you're stealth. <laughs> And that's really nice. I mean, I do appreciate that we got like two T for T storylines here with yeah. like, <laughs> like with, you know, Micah and Claudia yeah. and now Tess and trans woman Shane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they have sex. They do. They it's do. It's good. It's extremely hot. Yeah. This is, this is an untainted sex scene. This is really the only one. How, what other sex scenes happened in this episode? Um, aren't Pippa and Bet wake? They wake up together. Yeah, with their bras on. That's not a sex that. But we'll get there. <laughs> um, everyone takes their clothes off. Here, anyways, though. this is very good. Like when Shane was kissing down her back, I really thought that she was about to like eat her ass, and then I was yeah, a little disappointed because it too. stopped. I was like, "Go for it, Shane." Nope. Okay, but wasn't I watched was Sophie twice and missed the <clears throat> turnaround to get Tess onto all fours, and I was yeah. like, "What have I?" Mi-? And I, I still don't know where I missed it. But anyway, I also thought. It was good. We were going to get ass eating representation. Wasn't Sophie eating Finley's ass at the beginning of last week's um, in the rock? Oh, I know what you're talking about. I she could have been fucking her from behind. Yeah. Though. Unclear. Unclear. Or sucking on her toes. <laughs> There's so many things. <laughs> she that, been. Was their se- that was like the thing they're really into. <laughs> you know, like Nat loves public sex. Finley and Sophie are really into feet. I want everyone's sunshine <laughs> and I want everyone's kings. Please. Yeah. Okay, so... Speaking of- oh, the only other thing I want to say about this sex scene is it was very good. I wish that I'd seen their faces being excited more. Yeah. Like, it seemed like a really fun payoff yeah. to, you know, some things. That's and true. I just would have loved to see Jamie Clayton, like, being a little light the way that she is. Yeah. I would have liked that, too, because when I try to make a screenshot for my <laughs> recap, it's you're just getting incredibly hair difficult. And, you're just getting hair and limbs, for all basically. Of, for yeah. a lot of the sex scenes, it's, like, yeah. nearly impossible because either they're in motion right. or you can't see a face and right. so then I'm like take a screenshot of bodies then I feel like I'm like disembodying women you know mm, yeah yeah. <laughs> um, yeah cancel Reese for that um, <sighs> and that's what makes Sophie and Finley's sex scenes so fun is because they're having fun and they feel yeah. mm-hmm. realistic mm-hmm. in the way that like sometimes sex is very hot but also sometimes you bump heads and you yeah. laugh about it yes. and then it's back to being really hot yes. and then yes. and I feel like I missed some of that in these that's in true. the sex scenes this episode that's, that's where like Shane always has serious sex, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, she takes it very seriously. That's why she does it so frequently. Um, okay. Finley comes home. 
wasted. And crawls into bed with Sophie and tries to do a drunk cuddling thing and Sophie doesn't want to do it. She says that she feels like she's been babysitting her all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there is like a line here to when she's talking about when Finley's like completely trashed and she's like, it's like your light goes out and nobody's home and it's the scariest, loneliest feeling. And I was like, that's good. Like, that's a good yeah. line. Yeah. I agree that that's a good line. <laughs> this felt like it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Really? Like, I think, I, I think you said something earlier that I thought was, I would bring up later, <laughs> which I'm doing now um, of like, it does feel like it's, a crystallization of some thoughts that maybe Sophie has had before. Yeah. But it feels really um, like zero to a hundred in mm-hmm. the, in the intensity of it, which I yeah. was surprised by because I, again, I think Drew said this, like a lot of their relationship has been fun partying. Like we, yeah. that's our vibe. And they were both were drinking a lot. Look, together. which like, cause Sophie's gone through a lot recently. Yes, and so, sure. and so it could easily have been played in a way where it's like, and by played, I mean written because Rosemary's <laughs> eyes is doing whatever she can with this writing. It could have been written in a way that was clear about the fact that it was like, yes, Sophie and Finley's relationship has been largely based on going out and being drunk. This experience was a wake up call for Sophie yeah. and she's confused why it's not a wake up call for Finley and that's starting to scare right. her. And that isn't how it's written. It's yeah. just written as this like zero to 60 of like now. And, and then what it does is like undercut Sophie's stance in this, right. which shouldn't be undercut. Like, well, it's also relying on us, I guess, to fill in a lot of the, the gaps. Cause right. all, I mean, this whole fucking season, like when Sophie, you know, karaoke episode, we were all having fun time. So I wasn't going to talk about it, but like she rushed when she walks into the back room to find Finley, Finley's back there, like chugging a beer. Oh right. yeah. We talked right. about that. Cause she said it's not the fast way to get drunk. Like there's all of these moments where she sees Finley, like has a certain relationship to alcohol yeah. that's unhealthy and no one ever says anything. That, and that's what I mean is like, it doesn't feel like a gentle, hey that was like a pretty rough night or like oh what if we talk it just and again Sophie as a character has gone through a lot of stuff so it's like a pile on but yeah it just feels like there were so many other again entry points to this conversation where I would be totally on Sophie's side and be like yes this is the right way of handling it and instead I was like I just feel like this is going to put Finley off and she's going to be like, you're insane. What are you talking but also, about? Which is yeah. sort of what happened. She could have, she, this could have been the way that this scene happened. If throughout the season, there were little right. things Moments. building up to yeah. this. Like it's like, like someone where, where Finley came home and said, I've been sober all summer and then started drinking and everyone was like, da, 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 da. Yeah, like, no one was like, like, do you want to talk about that? Or like, and with the drunk driving moment, like if when they were getting into the car, Sophie had been like, are you sure you're okay? Instead, yeah. Finley chugged from a flask right before they got in the car. So instead yeah. of having to like treat the audience like we're stupid and that we need to see Finley chugging from a flask to know that Finley, who we clearly have seen as an alcoholic, is going to be drunk while getting into this car. Yeah. Like if instead she was like, yeah, I haven't had a drink like since the one like an hour ago or whatever. And yeah. then so if you'd be like, okay. And then when they get pulled over, like Sophie looks, isn't like giggling and Finley looks serious, but yeah. swap that. Right. right and then or have them both look serious like yeah what it is is that it just there's no build-up to it so then it makes you feel like oh well this feels out of nowhere or this feels harsh and it's like no that's not narratively and character-wise that's not how yeah. this should feel right exactly and it's also like they don't even address what just happened which is sophie wanted to go home and finley didn't go home with her because she needed to keep drinking right. right like they don't even address that right right like what or even like again 
you just had this insane thing happen. You couldn't take one night off. Right. Right. Totally reasonable. Like, right. yeah, still a little bit harsh thing to hear, but like totally reasonable entry point. Yeah. This conversation. I just, it's just such a poorly written scene. Yeah. Like, and that, <sighs> and that line saying like, you know, we just had this happen. Like, do you think you could take the night off? And then having Finley be like, yeah, sure. And then coming home and drunk, then coming sure. home drunk. Like right. that would have been a very easy edit and it mm. would have really crystallized this situation. Right. It's right. so frustrating. Cause I don't, it's, it's the worst writing of the series. <laughs> Yeah, because also there's been all this build up towards it, and yeah, there's stills from the next episode where you see Sophie sitting with Tess, mm. like looking oh, serious. Yeah. So right. I think she's probably gonna talk to her about talking to Finley. Which yeah. like, yeah, I just I think watching what we've watched all season, where it doesn't seem like people have been super concerned with Finley's drinking or behavior, and then to go from that skip the entire step of concern and have Sophie who again has always been really supportive and loving and like I don't know like jump to yeah I felt like I was babysitting you you can't like it just felt very punitive in a way that was surprising to me because I think the Sophie that I know who sat next to her grandma's bed yeah. for two episodes is would have been like I'm really worried about you yeah we just had this big thing happen and it doesn't seem to have affected you at all. And it's really scary to me. And the other thing that's really scary is sometimes your light goes out behind your eyes when yeah. we're out together. Right. And I don't even know when that's going to happen. And that's really terrifying. Like, right. That's a conversation. Mm -hmm. This was like, anyway, so Finley leaves. <laughs> yeah. Finley fucking leaves. And <laughs> is walking around wasted in Los Angeles. The only authentic thing about this conversation was that Sophie said, I don't want to talk about this right now. And then they immediately talked about it. That's authentic lesbian <laughs> processing. That's exactly how that happens. But, and even that, like Finley left where, like walking, where she decided to go could have been an interesting detail. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So she's walking. Yeah. And then, um, she's going to fall asleep on a bench for sure. And then it's the next day, right? Or everyone's in bed. Basically. I yeah. don't know if everyone's waking up yet or falling asleep now, but yeah, we go to Finley's probably asleep on the bench. <laughs> we go to, Pippa and Bet naked in bed, and in bras, in bras. Oh, please. So, well, okay. <laughs> yes, True. as you do. Yes, please. I wake up and I immediately put my brazier on. It's interesting that they don't just like have them in like some sort of you know sheets. I mean, this is how I feel about TV in general. Not even sheets. They like, might have them in sheets. They might not really be in bras. My memory might be wrong. I, I thought it was no. There were it was yeah. Oh. But I, I you mean like a pajama top? Yeah, yeah. Of some sort. <laughs> even just like a like, little, like a tank top, like a little holding shirt. your bag. She's like, I got the bag. <laughs> A little, t a little Teddy. Yeah. Um, but Pippa asks Bet if she's considered that sometimes you can burn shit down and still leave shit standing. Right. And it's, I mean, I'm excited to see where that goes. Oh yeah. Cause they're, they're going to burn down wax together. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to burn down. Cat. I did my brain. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, they say that they're going to do it together again. Yeah. I love this for them. Mm hmm. Yeah, I love it when people over 50 burn shit down. Very metaphorical conversation. Yes. But okay. Yeah, I mean... Again, yeah. I guess I prefer that to some of the other conversations that have been had in this episode. Yeah. I'm just, again, interested to see if this is framed as, like, Bet versus Danny, or if it's going to be framed with, like, the seriousness and heaviness that it right. deserves. Um, Feels like it's going towards, like, feud instead of yeah. actual Where it's, thing. like... 
but I'm thrilled to see like bet back into like burn shit down politics mode, but with like maybe more tact and Pippa like being on like there with her. I'm on board for that storyline. If it means having to like go back to season one, hating Danny, I guess I'll do that. Um, a storyline that I'm in on is Tess and Shane are in bed and they're sweet. And these two are the only, the note I wrote is these two are the only people I understand. These are my mom. This is my home. <laughs> so it's possible. Pippa and Bet end up in a place where mm-hmm. I understand them. Shane yeah. and Tess were my rock this whole episode. Yeah. I'm gonna, once. I don't know if I'm just like, I'm in a bad mood because of the rest of this episode, but I do have one note on this scene, mm-hmm. which is that, um, Shane asks if it's going to be a problem at work and Tess is like, yeah, we should tell HR. And Shane says that she is HR and they kiss and it's all jokey. Um, You know, like I think it's fine morally that Tess and Shane (laughs) are hooking up, but like, Howard's relationship towards people fucking their coworkers and how it does not. I think it's pro. Yeah. I think it's pro. And also like not just coworkers, but people who work under uh, yeah. you technically is it's very pro and, and then they work under nice. yeah yeah the like the like that's ju- a little dicey yeah yeah i would just i would just i'm just wanting to like it is a soap opera it's gonna happen i'd rather they not address it than address it <laughs> yeah. and be like haha we don't care about this <laughs> right i just you know don't learn about life from the l word is a pretty good lesson always but i'm just gonna reiterate that one more time with this in particular but yes they're very hot and cute together i love it happy to see it etc cetera, etc cetera. Not happy to see Finley never came home last night. And there's a egregious music cue that's like, did I step too far? Did I push us too hard? And Sophie's walking around like looking for Finley. It's 1030 in the morning. So she's been gone for hours at this point. Yeah. Okay. So that's how it ends with Finley missing. I, I thought they were going to at least show us Finley somewhere like on maybe Tessa's porch or something, yeah. you know, nope. nope. Shane's it's... porch. She used to live there. She got yeah. her way there. Yeah. Well, I think they lost that set. Cause have you noticed we have not <laughs> yeah, been yeah. to Shane's apartment at all. I think they lost that set. Wow. <laughs> um, and that's the episode. And that's the episode. Did we like it? <laughs> I hated it. It's like one of my least favorite episodes of the L word in both series. Yeah. yeah. That one was rough. That was really rough and could have so easily been so much better. Like mm-hmm. I honestly feel like something happened that week that they were <laughs> writing this. Like this is, it's like inexcusably bad. Yeah. There's all of these opportunities where very easily things could have been made just a little bit more sense and they just didn't do it. It's just, it's honestly just like, it's like pretty disrespectful to the cast <laughs> and like, and to the characters and to like what's yeah. been built. Like I just yeah. like, it's, it's just, there's all the elements are there and it's so frustrating. Um, yeah. So. Yep. Uh, maybe next what's, week will be better. I mean, it has to be right. I feel like it's not going to be. Oh no. I'm hopeful, but nervous. I at least feel more optimistic that Bet and Pippa are going to actually be together and we're going to get to like explore that in a way that's exciting rather than Bet getting back with Tina. Because yeah. when, when Carrie last episode was like, I don't think I could be with Tina, I was like, no fucking way are they going to get Bet and Tina back together. I feel like they're going to do a last a cliffhanger. I do think so too. <gasps> I know. I, know. I, I will be so, if that's oh where, like, I don't know. I just, oh God. I just hope Carrie doesn't leave Tina at the altar. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can only love take, to do that on this show. I can only it. take so many of that in each iteration <laughs> I'm of the so hour. tired. I'm like a few episodes ago. Remember how happy I was? Yeah, I know. I that was, that was two episodes ago. I know. I know. So and we know how I like wanted Finley and Sophie to get together. <laughs> and it was like, no, we have to wait till the end. I wish yeah. that we had waited to the end because I feel like it's going to fall apart. Yeah. I don't even I just <sighs> like I thought. Do I like any of the characters honestly, anymore? I would love to see their relationship progress as yeah. Finley comes to grip with this. Right. Sophie comes to grip with whatever she she's has going on, like all that stuff. And I feel like we're not going to. Which doesn't feel, again, fair to the characters or to the actors who, like, can carry that storyline. Yeah. Like, it would yeah. be different if it was a cast that I didn't trust to pull off that sort of nuance or complicated story. Like, yeah, I think they could all do it. Let them try. Yeah. But again, like, Emmy for Rosani, she spoke so many words with her face. Really did it. She really gave it her all and whatever happened in the writer's room that week. I'm so sorry for everyone's loss, yeah. which was our loss. And that is my L word loss. Mine was going to be lousy. I don't, doesn't, doesn't Lauren need us to pause in between us doing our L words. This week will be different. <laughs> okay. Um, I, oh, you, you I guys said both mine, said, said the L words lousy. and mine is, lead because instead of watching this episode I wish I had guzzled a gallon of lead paint <laughs> I thought you were going to say like misled or nope. like you know they led me astray Nope. my follow up L word is lactose intolerant because that's how this episode made me feel and you guys realize I still have probably 12 13 hours ahead of me recapping this motherfucking that's episode that's really brutal that is tough it's incredibly brutal I'm very sorry Thank you so much for listening to this episode of 2L and Beck Generation Q, one of two podcasts brought to you by Autostrada.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 2L and Beck, and you can also email us at 2L and Backcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, we also have a hotline. Yes, it still exists. Give us a call, leave us a message, or just give us a piece of your mind. You can reach us at 971-217-6130. We also have merch. Head over to store.autostraddle.com. There are Bet Porter for President t-shirts. There are two Ellen Beck stickers and lots of other simply iconic Autostraddle merchandise. Our theme song is by the talented B. Sedwell. Our brand new two Ellen Beck Generation Q logo is by the incredible Jackie Co. Jackie is so, so talented and you should definitely go check out her work. I've linked her website and socials in the show notes. And definitely let us know if you want us to make stickers of the new logo, because I think those would look pretty sick. This episode was produced, edited, and mixed by me, Lauren Klein. You can find me on Instagram at Lauren Taylor Klein and on Twitter at LT Klein. You can follow Drew everywhere at Draw Gregory. That's Drew in the present tense. You can follow Annalisa on Instagram at Analoka with two A's and on Twitter at Analoka with one A and an underscore. You can follow our in-house Elward Savant and living legend Reese Bernard everywhere at AutoWin. Autostraddle is at Autostraddle. And of course, the reason why we are all here, Autostraddle.com. Laughing, moving, fisting, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way. It's the way.